Hello listeners, I want to provide an upfront trigger warning because this episode contains discussions about the tragic mass shooting murders in Buffalo, New York and discussions about gun ownership. We also recorded this episode before the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas. We understand the sensitivity around this topic, but we also want to bring awareness to the discourse. Therefore, I chose to leave the discussion in the episode. For those who wish to skip this portion of the podcast, please take a moment to pause and review the show notes for the timestamps so you may proceed accordingly. Thank you for your understanding. We love and appreciate you. And please take care of yourself. What up? I I don't know why I'm excited. You're both dead to me. Well, let me rephrase that. If Jamel doesn't know why I'm excited, because you don't know sports. So if Jamel don't know why I'm happy right now, then she's dead to me. I know sports. I don't know the, the I don't know the sports basketball. It's about the picture. I know exactly. I know exactly. I don't see the what picture that Jawan posted. Oh, that yeah, was a random to. thing. I just what was on where? the TV? It was ESPN. Yeah, but what were they talking about on ESPN? I know exactly why Devin's excited. So we can talk about that on the show. Okay. okay. They was talking about selling niggas. That's all I knew. I was cooking. I just took a picture. <laughs> And I'm about to get me a new nigga. All right. Get me a new nigga. All right, so let's let's go ahead and do it then. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus. Welcome to the Edit That Out Podcast, where we always leave it in. I am your host, Jawan, and with me, as usual, are my two co-hosts. I wait, 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 time out, cancel the show. What's, I know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm coming, hold on. Who the fuck are you? Who was that? Bitch told him he was, so girl told him he was tired, that she was tired. Get your black ass yeah. over here. Uh-huh. What, uh, what happened? I'm sorry. What, what was that? What no, nah, nigga, what happened to you? <laughs> no. I did fuck what? Off, fuck all that. What? Who was? Who was that? And what happened to you? I had to. I had to answer a question. Okay. <laughs> I was asked what. I was. I was. I was asked what slap and tickle means. Who? Slap and tickle. What? Are you? Do you know what that means? Wait a minute. Okay. The person's uh, name is Slap and Tickle? No. Okay. It, have you ever heard of the saying Slap and Tickle? Ye- yeah. What does that refer to? Fucking? Where? Oh, right. Okay. I had never knew what that meant. Okay. Bro, you know what that means. Okay. Now, do you know what Slap and Tickle is? What? you know what Slap and Tickle is? I presume it has something to do with uh, sexual intercourse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, y'all are out here. I did not know what that meant. I mean, it's just context clues. All right. Yeah, those are things. Okay. Well, tell that we're um, working right now. Right. It's the, I, she's definitely not giving me slap and tickles. Okay. I wouldn't turn it down. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not. <laughs> all right um are y'all ready again i'm ready now 
Welcome. I'm going to fucking cut you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead. This motherfucker. Way down in the hole. Welcome to the Edit It Out podcast, where we always leave it in. I am your host, Jawan, and with me, as usual, are my two co-hosts. And I am going to actually start this time with Devin, since he's very animated tonight. How are you doing, young Devin? I'm glad you asked me. I did not think you would ask me, but I am doing fan-fucking-tastic. We had the NBA draft lottery that apparently you watched or did not watch. I, don't I know. watched I it. Just, thank you, Jamel. You are a supportive friend. And now the Magic of Orlando have secured the number one pick. And do you know what that means, people? I'm going to let you know. When the Magic get the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, we do not miss the likes of Shaquille O'Neal. Have you heard of him? I'm sure you've worn his type of shoes when you were a huge one. Yes. Have you seen, have you seen the, the movie Shazam? Yes. He also is an NBA commentator on the show that Jamel is currently watching. Is on TNT. Right? Yes, yes. With Charles. I know. You know what it's called? No. I'm not even going for it. Inside the NBA. Inside the NBA. I probably could have guessed that. Right, he, right. On TNT. Shaquille O'Deal also has a line of beef that I'm familiar with. And right. I usually I use it to cook. On purpose? Cook. Yes. Yes. All no, right. nigga. Um, <laughs> no, I actually learned something about how this NBA draft works last night because I had it because um, Selena was There's watching it. Yes. In, in the lottery, apparently, the worst team who had they a, the, who had a they get to pick first. Yeah. So I guess the Orlando Magic was was so trash that they so, needed see. more. That they needed. We didn't have to, to even have go there. Yeah. So I'm going to give you even more information on the lottery because mm-hmm. that's not exactly true with the NBA. They they horse fuck us on that because the, <laughs> NBA, uh, the NBA is a a crooked establishment and. Mm-hmm. My team has been trashed for 10 years, and <laughs> you only get the first pick if you get the right ping pong balls. So you could be the worst team, but not necessarily get the first pick. Mm-hmm. We've been bad, as I said, for the last decade. Mm-hmm. And so we've only had the first pick. This is the first time we've had the first pick since 2004 when we took another uh, great basketballer named Dwight Howard. Who may or hmm. may not have had orgies with men in or, or uh, Atlanta uh, mansions? I don't know. I've never, I've never seen it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So the NBA is rigged. So uh, yeah, but we won the lottery, thank God, because normally it screws us. But yeah. Now football, but, if you lose the most games, you get the first pick regardless. That's why my Jaguars bum, 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 are bum, bum, number one. Yeah. Look at you, Jamel. I love you. <laughs> Listen, act like I listen. I know, I know the sports. Okay, I do. You are Mm -hmm. a perfect black woman. I will. You know what? I'm gonna stop taking off the black woman. You are a perfect woman because that you know. God bless you. That is, you are just a perfect woman. All right. Dang, I'm down here. I'm up there with Masande because you just you (laughs) was you always said Masande was a perfect woman. I mean, why does your voice get so low? She is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Jamel, how are you doing? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I am also here on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, doing all right. 
I know it. I know it. No, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, I could be better because my nails chipped. So I'm a little annoyed about that. But I'll try not to let it ruin my mood. I will say, Jamel, even though your nails are chipped, you are pulling it off well and you are a breath of fresh air and you look oh, beautiful look at this you. evening. I love Thank my best friend. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, what is that sweater or hoodie? I don't know if that is. Yes. You know what's funny? He's actually wearing my hoodie because I always get my hoodies super, super sized. So he's wearing one of mine right now. Is it a black hoodie? It's actually the actively black hoodie that I uh that I own. Uh, actively black. Attention. Holla at me. Pay us. I have to remember that for next time because I think I ordered you a large. So <laughs> no, 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 no. Large is fine. I wear it all the time. Okay. Yeah. If it's the if it's like the men's sizes, I definitely a get a large. Size, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I always wear larges because that's what I generally wear. Like after I put the you know so at nighttime so. Okay. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hoodie so, is so warm, bro. The one that you got me, glorious. Oh, I'm glad you were. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, you know, so we are here. Uh, besides the NBA draft, which I know sports now. So um, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Are you? I had it about. Go ahead. You have no, an opinion on who the Magic should take with the first pick in the draft? I'm just going to throw this curveball at you and see if you can name anybody in the draft. It don't I, even have to be three of the good players. Is one, one of those niggas is probably named um, Devon or J, uh, Jaquan or Marcellus. There's a Javen Ivey. Okay. Ivy. But the, the three players that the Magic are considering is a white boy from mm-hmm. Minnesota who is 7'3". Damn. Looks like he needs seven sandwiches because that nigga looks skinny. Oh no! Yeah, he is a white boy. Uh, he's, he's, Aren't they he's probably what they're gonna pick. Actually, no, no, they're not. He is mm-hmm. a uh, Mexican American African descent type kid. He he's some kind of brown. Yeah, he went to Duke, so you should hate him, Jamel. You two should hate each other. Uh huh. Yep, don't like him. And the third one is a African American young man named Jabari Smith, who went to that school that you should hate, Juwan Auburn. Oh shit! Oh yeah, he's definitely not about well, that. Fuck that! <laughs> okay, so he's like, I wish the worst for that man. <laughs> right. So I'm assuming you want the seven three white boy to go to the Magic. I'm assuming. I'm rooting for the white man. Right, right. Oh my gosh! Now, Look how the tables said. have turned. Bigger oh, right. is he though? I mean, you tell me. Google chat. <laughs> hom- Google chat. Holmgren. I don't think. What's he would his be name again? Holmgren. Chet. What's his name again? Chet. Yep. Yeah, C-H-E-T. I already, know. I already know. You said he's seven foot three, though. Ew. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Chet. I'm so sorry. Edit that out. I'm so sorry, Chet. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Chet. I, I apologize. Uh, I did not now mean. I'm now, now Google pa- Paolo Bancaro. I'll think Google about him. it. <laughs> P-A-O-L-O-R-O. I think it's Banchero. Yeah, 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 something like that. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have any facial hair, though. So. He's from Duke. And the last one is Jabari. He also Smith. looks like he's child. So. And he is 18. Yeah, that's why I'm probably I'm Jabari Smith. Yep. From Armour. This is happening live on the podcast, right? Yeah, right. Unless he gets it edited out. He also oh, does not have a mustache. Um, Very young. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure one of my younger cousins would think he's cute, but he just looks like a child to me because mm. I, I like grown 
man. So you're yeah. also going with Chet, man. Ew. Oh, sorry. I keep doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just thought you reverted back to the ill because the other two didn't have facial hair. So I thought. None of them do, but, you know, whatever. I, I'm happily married. So I don't need to, we need to be looking at these children. No way. Okay, right on. Just think of Jesse Williams. Let's move on. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I always look out that for man. you. I got your bed. Ooh. I watched Cabin in the Woods um, earlier th- this week. <laughs> However, comma, he did not have a mustache in that movie, so I was oh. very But that movie is funny. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. It was funny. It was a really good movie. Go ahead, Devin. Is that the movie that they don't talk? No, no they, they talk. talk. Oh, what's the movie they where they talk don't a talk? Lot, oh, you talking with Jesse Williams? I don't know if he's, I don't, I didn't even know Jesse, I, I'm assuming, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it. There's a movie that people don't talk in a cabin. I, uh, I don't, know what don't breathe? I, no, I, I don't know. I don't know I, why they don't talk. I just is it a horror good. movie? Oh, 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 um, uh, the one with uh, Jim Halpert. Um, oh, and his yeah, wife. Oh, um, uh, shit. Oh, my God. It's the a, listeners are, listeners are laughing so hard. Quiet right? A quiet place. A quiet a place. Quiet yes. Place. Oh, how I many like degrees are on the stand podcast that we couldn't think about that movie? <laughs> that is fine. A Quiet Place. Yes. No, that's not the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, but it is. But, uh, yeah, Cabin in the Woods uh, is a horror movie. It's pretty, pretty good. Maybe we'll put it on the list for, for uh, Patreon later. So, um, but we are really here for HBO's We Own This City. Part three and part four, I'm going to start, of course, with part three, which was written by D. Watkins. And, of course, all these episodes are directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. Reynaldo Ray. That's mm-hmm. what I think every time you say Reynaldo. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. So, um, Jamel, as someone who, who had trepidations about watching the show, of course, with the uh, with the content that the show is delving into, how are you uh, finding it with with these next two episodes? It's it's a chore to get through. I mm-hmm. won't lie to you, but it is a very well acted show, and I'm I'm starting to get into the plot a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, it's really just how the hell can um, Shane from The Walking Dead be trash today? Like. <laughs> It's, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit annoying um but uh yeah you know other than that i mean you know it is what it is mm, okay cool 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 uh Devin, how are you enjoying it uh, uh i have a similar feel- well i don't have the not being able to watch uh black people get their ass whooped by police uh problem that jamel has but on the same <laughs> fence I do find it to the point where I'm getting it to the white words that that movie that everybody likes in Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, it kind of gives me those type of feels where, like, I really don't care about anything unless Shane's on the screen. So it's kind of like... When, yeah, when Shane's on the screen, I'm all in. I can't I'm even all, lie. I'm all in. When like, because that screen. is crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I don't, like, when he's at the strip club and he's doing all... I'm like, that nigga's not acting. You know, you know, he's from D.C. John Bernthal is from D.C. OK, yes. like 
90% of his friends are niggas. Obviously, he's not the type to say the uh, N-word. I have but... thoughts on his on his love for black women. <laughs> oh, this motherfucker was wilding the fuck out. That, I, was, I, 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 I have 100% agreements. I think that's just John Berenthal being John Berenthal. That motherfucker's a nigga. For a white girl? Okay, listen. John Berenthal. <laughs> and he had fun with this show. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be paying attention until you say uh, Wayne Jenkins and his last name is Jenkins. What the fuck? Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. <laughs> yep. Yes. Now, I, I, yes, I'm definitely enjoying this show. Enjoying the show. I'm really getting into the plot. The first two episodes were a little. They were set up, so it was a little clunky. Yeah. I was having some issues with the back and forth because it's kind of hard to tell what's important and what's not important. I guess in the context of the show, all of it's important, but it's kind of difficult when structuring the podcast, but I'm yeah. in, I'm all in on this show. Um, David Simon, HBO crime. I'm here. I'm all here for it. I don't really have any issue with it, but Jamel, I don't have the same issue again, like with same with Devin as you have with seeing like brutality against black people on screen. However, comma, knowing that this this is the shit they really, really, really did oh. is only what gives me pause when it was like, you know, when it's like Law and Order or it's the wire. I know this is like dramatization and more so um enhanced as far as like what they're showing on screen. But this one is kind of like, oh, they brutalize these niggas for real. So, oh, you know. absolutely. Absolutely. So, the only thing is with like Baltimore, they don't make it like racist or racial almost. Yeah, definitely. Like you they, see them pulling white folks over too. There's just like anybody can get it. Do something. Yeah. If you look like you got money, we gonna steal it. And, so with that, I'm just like, I mean, okay, but still. Yeah, and they definitely touched on that, which we're gonna get into. Now, one thing, and Mir- I don't know if Jamel can speak to this. Um, and I don't want to get into her, you know, her household business. But one of the things that kind of but you want to get in her household business? No, I'm gonna tell my own shit. I'm gonna oh, tell my own okay. shit, which I usually leave out. But um, one thing that kind of struck me was like in Maryland, and I don't know if Jamel can speak to this, but what are the actual gun laws in Mar- in Maryland or even Baltimore? If you can speak to that, like, can motherfuckers not carry guns at all? I honestly don't know Baltimore, but Maryland gun laws. Um, hold on one second. I don't fully know all of them. Um, but I mean, let me see. Uh, you, you can open carry and put it like that. You can. You can open carry. Okay, because I thought. Yeah, no, you can open carry, but you have to have a permit. Okay, because listeners, I live in Alabama. Um, we know. And we'll get fucking we'll get in trouble if we don't have our guns. <laughs> it's yeah. like the it's like the total. Listen, I'm from Texas. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Texas, so like everybody I, got know. guns. <laughs> Bruh, yes, <laughs> everybody mm. has guns in Texas. But yeah, no. Uh, I'm so sorry to cut you off, Juwan. But no, yeah, no, I, I live in Maryland now. But like, I mean, yeah, it's open carry. It's open carry here. You just have to have a permit. Like, if you don't have a permit, then that's where the issue is. I would be so afraid to go in uh, Baltimore or go, you know, go to Maryland with my um, tools. So it's like, I'll be afraid to get her, get pulled over, get harassed, get put in jail, you know, for something that comes so naturally when, when I'm down here, you know? So it's it's well, just wild. Fair, niggas in Maryland are not used to like getting lynched, just going to the grocery store. 
So they don't have it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Gotta cut that out, Devin. Can't say that. Why we can't say yeah. that? Remember what happened? The sponsors? No, because what happened? Yeah. In Buffalo. You want to rework that metaphor? Did you not? You don't know. Yo, some white boy, uh, like 18 year old. Yeah, at a fucking grocery store. What did he do to him? Did he lynch somebody? He killed them. He shot, he killed 10 people, 10 black people in the grocery store. Yeah. Mm. Trying to start a race war, basically. Oh, right, right, right. You know what? I'm actually not going to. I'm about to say, that's like. I'm about to say, you might as well keep it in. Let me go on a little mini rant, because this is what I want to say about that. Um, uh I understand. I've been hearing a lot. We hear these things when um, some white man goes on a rampage or a shooting, and you hear, like, why was he taken alive? Why was he Why was he taken alive? Why, you know, the police couldn't kill him. Why didn't he kill himself? We want him dead. Here's the thing about this particular one, because I, and I totally understand that particular sentiment. The thing I have about that one is because he wrote a manifesto about why he did what he did in going in that grocery store and killing those black people. And I'm still processing some of my thoughts with it being such a sick, sad shooting. And I get people's disdain, but I'm actually glad that he was taken alive. And the reason why I'm glad that he was taken alive, and I'm going to go a step further. I'm, he pled not guilty. I'm glad he pled. Oh, I'm glad that he pled not guilty. So he can and, send the rest of his jacket jail? No, not that. Well, yes, A. But the reason being, I'm glad that he did that. He pled not guilty and he was taken alive because I want this emboldened, racist, right wing piece of shit to try to justify his actions. In court. Yeah, how did he feel threatened type shit? Yes. I yeah. want him, with him write, writing that manifesto, I want him to spew that same racist rhetoric that these mm-hmm. Trump loving Republicans have been playing with on Fox, on. Oh, the, yeah. Who's network. Like, try to defend this shit now type shit. I want him to I do feel, it. I understand what you're saying. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Because I want those, I want these. These right-wing Republicans who are claiming that they are not racist and they are only pro-American if you're cis, heterosexual, and white. Mm-hmm. I want yeah, them no. I want them to be confronted with that and get that thrown back in their faces to see what evil they have really wrought onto this country. And so killing him to me will only A, make him a martyr, and B, allow these Trumpers the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Ted Cruz's, and all of them to ignore it, treat it as a lone wolf situation, claim mental illness. I want this motherfucker to take the stand and quote those motherfuckers' words that they make on the floor of Congress and the Senate every day. I want him to repeat those words back to him and use that as his justification for I'm why not he. Mad at that. I'm I will not say mad I, support, at that. I support what you're saying, but I do have one differing opinion and he does have a mental illness and it's called being a white man in America and that is an illness that we have got to fix by getting rid of these niggas at a oh my age. God. See now here you go. Hey white man. I'm telling you oh it's anything that happens bad is because of a white man and these are the type of people that Jamel kissed in her youth. Let's move on. Oh my God. 
How did I even get into this shit? Maybe I won't do that ad read. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Let's let's save it for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. But I just I just wanted to get that off. Uh, we done lost Audible already. But yo, so let's go ahead and get into it. So part three, and I try to structure this a little bit so into um, sections. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with the short section first with the FBI and Gondo. So FBI agent and apparently professional flautist. Um, uh, yes, it is not flutist. It's definitely flautist. Right. She was playing that fucking flute too. Gondo's on the line. That's because I told him I had this shit. But I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing here no more. No Zannies, no nothing. Right. Yeah, you don't need nothing. Bro. He ain't gonna make it to you. I'm not rushing. I gotta, yo, I gotta make my own plan now. Just in case I'm shaking wrong. I can't, I can't be leaving. Yeah? Where you at? I'm at the prime rib having steak au pauv. How fast can you get to North Avenue? Why? Gondo's at a traffic stop and it's coming across kind of strange. Gondo's on the wire right now? Oh, crap. All right. North and what? North and gay. Gang's all here. Gondo, Ram, Herzl, and I think Alice. Yo, he usually got the shit in his back. This guy lands at Central Booking and makes his phone call. We're going to want a recording of it. Agent Jensen um, has picked up on the Gondo investigation into his and the other BPD's officers' involvement into the robberies and corruption that they've been doing on the streets of Baltimore. And in one of her wiretaps, she catches Gondo in the commission of a robbery along with Herschel, and they're robbing a couple of wiggers. And uh-huh. basically catches him red-handed, and this furthers her investigation into the GTTF, the Gun Trace Task Force, and how far up the chain of command this goes. And I do notice, like, she was, like, marking a lot of the stuff that Gondo was talking because at this point, they only have tapped Gondo's phone, and, like, she caught conversation that he was having with his girlfriend and shit, and she was getting all the tea, because Gondo... Right, and- like, no, you gotta look at the back, man. <laughs> yeah, so that wow. So while that's going on, uh, we forward to 2017 to the Allers interrogation. Now Allers is Gondo and Jamel's commanding officer. So Allers is now not been, me, y'all, not me. Issue. So Allers has been <laughs> uh, picked up and arrested, and he's being interrogated in his role in the task force corruption. Because he's the commanding officer and he's told by his lawyer that this was this will all fall on him if he doesn't roll up on someone higher. More than a minute. And we flash back to two years earlier to reveal that it was Allers who actually was the one that promoted Herschel to the Gun Trace Task Force due to his multiple complaints. And it was just getting too hot on the streets for Herschel. So they basically promoted him for being a bad cop, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More on that later. 
look, this goes back to that disease that these men have or mental illness where they consistently <laughs> get to fail up. Yeah. Uh, Lane Kiffin, I'm talking to you in the sports realm. That nigga has failed so many times and just keep getting better jobs. I don't understand it. Because mm, mm. you said you you already hit the nail on the damn head. Right. So still in 2015, Allers leads a road stop that was set up by Gondo on a um, tip on a dealer named Woda. A Woda. You seem like a good guy. I'll tell you what. Just give us that gun. And we'll take care of you. Take care of me? What gun? Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, my tags are good. Just let my girl come grab the car. All our baby stuff in there, man. She gonna need it. You're right, your tags are good. Really trying my best here to look out for you. So, since you don't have a gun, your words, not mine, won't mind if you go back to your place and have a little look-see, right? So he stopped this guy. The only thing that he had in his car was um, baby supplies. But since he's black and they don't believe niggas take care of their kids, Allers talks Wooda into letting them search his house, which was fucking stupid. Because where's mm-hmm. your fucking warrant? Right. But, um, when they're searching his house, they find two very conspicuous guns in the mm-hmm. headboard. Like, they might as well have been out in the open. He might as well have them guns sitting right on the crib, how they found them guns. Right. Why did you even say okay? Like, I, okay. All right. <laughs> And also, they are legal guns because the serial numbers are um are filed off, which um don't be that stupid people. And I, also, he Allers finds 10k in a shoebox, and he gets greedy and takes all of it. But what really got him caught up is that he didn't share the money with Gondo or um uh, or Jamel. I kind of got the implication that he may have shared it with Hersel. But mm-hmm. we know he definitely did share with Gundo. Yeah, he's like he outranks him, I think, right? Yeah. Well, Hersel, no, yeah. Hersel is a uh, Hersel. Uh, Allers is a sergeant. Hersel doesn't outrank oh. him. Hersel is white, so. Uh, but, well, well, yeah. Yeah. So, but and we know because of the investigation, Gondo rolls on uh, Allers because we saw that in episode one. And skipping to later at near the end of the episode, it's revealed that the money that Allers stole from Walter was supposed to be a payment to the Connect. And since Walter doesn't have the money to pay the Connect, he's executed in front of his family. And we do see Allers kind of have a little uh, regret about, you know, that situation because he essentially caused this guy to be murdered because Allers was trying to justify I'm getting guns off the street. I'm getting drugs off the street. Well, you also getting niggas killed out here because, you know, by your from your direct actions. And this just all shows this cycle, you know, of of crime and then police and they're doing crime. So it's just all sad, man, how this shit just kind of like just happens. So did y'all think he he knew that he took money? I'm talking about like the part where they're, I guess, at the cookout or whatever establishment this is in. I mean, oh, at this right. point, I, I always think, like, every, every time they go search somebody, I'm just like, okay, who, wh- whose money are they going to take this time? More on that So later. why do you think he didn't share it with them? Because, because he... Uh, why not? He, he, I, well, he said to himself, he said he got greedy, you know, mm-hmm. and that he... And I guess he didn't want to... At this time, he did not want to uh, kick 
kicked back up or kicked down to his um to his um fellow officers. I must have I must have missed him. I didn't remember. I didn't remember him saying it. I might have blacked. I don't think. I don't think they said it. I, I thought he said. It was no, they did. He did say it. They did. Uh, was it five thousand? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Because it just looked like a little roll. So I was like, oh, maybe that's why he didn't want to. Ten thousand dollars is not that big. There were a lot of stickups in in these two episodes. So uh, oh, yeah. please forgive me, listeners, if I get the amount wrong. Yeah, no, it's all good. Of, uh, it's a lot of it. A lot of training day scenes. Are you comfortable <laughs> with this? I'm very comfortable. How comfortable are you? <laughs> My nigga. Right. You ever get your shit pushed in? Oh. I have my shit pushed in. <laughs> Devin, watch the movie, y'all. Jake. <laughs> that movie, that part was hilarious, man. I can't stop laughing at that part. Yo, though. I really, really want John Bernthal. Like, as, like I, now that I know where the season's going, in the very mm. beginning when he got arrested, like the first episode, he should be like, "All oh, you motherfuckers!" Like, all you bitches. That was. I, I was waiting, but go ahead. That would be hilarious if he does that. So I'm gonna Bitch. just move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the next, to um, another short thing, the Nicole Steele investigation, because she doesn't really have much to do here. But uh, she does meet with Police Commissioner Davis again, played by Delaney Williams from The Wire. Is this the black lady? This is the black lady, Wumi Mosaka. I'm a, I'm, look, I, I understand that you're running this show and mm-hmm. that you're being very professional. But mm-hmm. just say the black lady, because I don't know any of these niggas' names. With, honestly, I told y'all it's going to be hard to know these people's names. If Shane's mm-hmm. on the screen, I'm all in. When she comes on screen, I immediately start checking Twitter. <laughs> okay. Well, Nicole Steele, a.k.a. the Black Lady, is meeting with the police commissioner again, and he's basically asking her if she's getting any cooperation during her investigation. Are people in town talking to you? Depends on who I'm talking to. I tried to talk to Daniel Hersel about the complaints he's received over the years. What did he have to say? Not much. Just that he was doing his job, that the complaints are proof of that. Well, problematic to say, but to some extent that happens to be true. Uh, For Hersel alone, the Board of Estimates has paid out in settlements over... Look, DOJ has a job to do here. And I've told you, I'm not adverse to the idea of a consent decree. The more you understand the situation, the better for everyone. Well, thank you. Everyone you command is on the defensive when they talk to me. Well, Baltimore is an extraordinarily violent and drug-involved city. Do you think that's entirely unfair? If the job requires some of the things that I've already seen and already heard, then I think it is fair to question what these people think the job is. I took this position in a department that has fundamental problems that haven't been addressed in years. I have a police union that fights every change. But telling you all this, I still want to turn this department around. And she's making some headways, but obviously not with these police officers who she's confronting by herself. Yeah, that's not going to work, boo. Mm-hmm. And the commissioner feigns that he is there to support her, but he's saying his hands are tied due to city politics and limited resources to properly discipline. Ain't so, that always the way? It is, and you know, and again, sad. And she meets with the police union, which is now headed up by Herc. Mm-hmm. And you folks came into town with these preconceived notions, and you're going to act on those, no matter what we tell you. We came to town because the newspaper here reported on all the cash settlements the city had paid out to victims of police misconduct, a string of brutality cases. Claim misconduct. 
Those settlements did not admit to any fault on the part of the officers. But cash settlements, nonetheless. And sufficiently concerning is that the mayor invited an outside assessment of the department. The same mayor who lost control of the city and let the Freddie Gray riots tear through downtown? Do you believe the new mayor will be more sympathetic to your officers? It's not as though Catherine Pugh is running on law and order. We'll see. But if she ties up this department in a federal consent decree and we can't police effectively, then she'll have the same political problems as Stephanie. Could there ever be a moment where a police officer performed their job in such a manner that you would agree with the finding that he or she should be fired for abusive behavior or brutality? Could that ever happen in Baltimore? Certainly. Has it ever happened? We are a labor union, Miss Steele. We are here to support our members. Perk is back. So many wire people were in this show. And my, my boo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, I'm jumping ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. We're not there yet. We're not there. I wish Carver was in this too, but he's busy. He's kicking in with, um, with Negan. Um, uh, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay. He basically tells her to get your black ass out of my face with all that consent decree shit because we blue lives matter, but you have a good day. Um, oh my God. And a thousand no, percent. But uh, basically, she does ask if there is a police of slowdown in uh, Baltimore due to the Freddie Gray indictments. And he essentially tells her, like, yeah, well, off the record, you know, officially, there is not. But off the record, yes, there is, because cops don't feel like doing their their quote unquote jobs. If they feel like when they're doing in the commission of doing their jobs, they're going to get uh, indicted for beating up niggas. But you're not supposed to be beating up niggas. You're not supposed to. But they're like, but we have to because it's Baltimore. You come out on these streets. You got to be pink. OK. All right. Go ahead. All right. You know, if you're actually doing good police work. And yeah, investigating maybe. and actually properly treating people with the res- with respect. And I know motherfuckers who are actually doing crime. They ain't, they don't really have respect for the law. But you know, still, you that's can, not everybody. Like the nigga that had that pack. Well, the nigga that had baby food did have some shit on him. Though. Well, See, that's the thing, man. He didn't have it on him. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He, okay. Well, now, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they just basically rolled that up to find some shit on him. But yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. But um, you could call that police work. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a slippery slope because I think these two episodes kind of illustrate that the cops do have justification for for some of the mm-hmm. shit they're doing. Yeah, they're like, look, look, he did excessive. have shit, but you also stealing from this nigga too. So yeah, it's just how excessive it is. Um, mm-hmm. so she then goes to a terrible spoken word show where they apparently don't snap. I did not watch this. <laughs> I won't even lie to you. I don't. I won't even lie to you. I did so, not watch the. Uh, the 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 uh the poetry reading you is this the nigga poetry? with the with the fingers in his beard twist yes yes nigga I, you know, I was appalled by this nigga's facial hair and shut <laughs> okay I was like, I, what is on his why are there fingers on this nigga's chin and okay. fun fact about Jawan um you have back, chin hair I'm are you a poet? fun fact about Jawan um when I was in college I back actually did back in the day. I used to do spoken word poetry. I and knew you do it. I used to, and I had a longer goatee, and I had the twist in my goatee. That was before. Nigga. 
Of Don't course, why that. you drink domestic violence beer? <laughs> I didn't do that. I, so I, 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 listen, I, one of my good friends, uh, hey, Vexy, um, this is a girl, she, yes, it's a young lady, um, hey, she abho, you'd actually love her, she abhors, um, <laughs> she can't. <laughs> Damn poetry, and I don't know if it's because she's my friend, but now I don't really like poetry either. Um, it's ridiculous. Hey, girl, but uh, yeah, that's it's fine. You know, I actually no, she's not. Uh, tell her to uh, message me. Oh God. I actually probably have a folder still around here somewhere that has some of my poems and stuff in it. So. No. Please don't put uh, that on the podcast. We're going to lose so many listeners. And I'm pretty sure I, that is no slight onto your art, your mm. artwork, or your ability to um, poeticize. But uh, you, come on now. You know you what this tells me about Juwan? Juwan is a, a textbook rich nigga because, you know, broke niggas, they, they don't do spoken word. They mm. do uh, rapping in like fruity with fruity loops and shit. And Juwan... <laughs> His rapping, his rapping is in spoken word So that's what that's why those niggas are still broke, you know, uh trying to get studio time and Juwan's living in a mansion, allegedly. I'm keeping a that legit one again. mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so because um, are you living in a, a mansion, uh Devin? Absolutely. Because I'm not. I mean I, your, yours is I'm, at least a mansion of Jace. I'm sure oh, with Cola, Jamel, we probably are. So, um, with what? Cola, cost of living. Oh. Also, don't let you. Know, ain't that some y'all. shit? There is a projector on right above her head. Right <laughs> oh my god! Don't let y'all fool it, cause she's an uppity nigger too. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> Did you just call me the N word? I mean, I love you, so let's move on. Mm. It's but it's fine. So, um, like I said, she said the spoken word performance with the nigga with the uh, fingers in his beard. And basically, he tells her that he's tried also to talk to Commissioner Davis, who supposedly has an open door policy, but he cannot. Um, but Commissioner yeah, Davis. He ain't really, never home. He, yeah, he ain't never home. He never there. And he's not really interested in cleaning up the department as he claims because he's keeping these officers on the force. But he's but I know this guy is basically an outside looking in. But just like Jamel, when this guy started speaking in dynamic pentameter, I tuned out as well. Because uh, sorry, could, listeners, we don't know what happened. I know I don't. I mm-hmm. just wonder, does he use soap or deodorant? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Not and, but or. And just, or. Because you're supposed to use both. Uh, I, mean, I don't. The way he looked, I don't think he used either. Mm. Listeners, please use both. Yes. Right, right. Summer is coming. Summer is coming. Summer is coming. Can I? Can I go on a rant? Go ahead. Oh, no. This is your podcast. Go ahead. You no, know, like I don't care how much you love the environment, love oh, yourself, no. and use the. Oh, you talking about aluminum-based uh, deodorant? <laughs> oh, yeah. nigga. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> like niggas, if y'all don't fucking put some. On y'all musty ass armpits and stop playing with me. Okay, let's I, I tried. I tried. I tried the zero aluminum deodorant for like thirty minutes, and I was like, "This doesn't feel right." It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel it right. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to increase my carbon footprint because <laughs> I uh, I can't do it. 
I can't so do it's like it. Putting a sprinkle of water on your pits and walking out the that's house. Exactly like. That's exactly what that shit feels like. It's ridiculous, and I'm so sorry to environmentalists, but um, no, I'm not. Wash I mean, your ass and use deodorant. Yeah. Real deodorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gillette, Aluminum Gillette gel is perfect, people. I know. I love it. Blue Wave is uh. Cool way, excuse me, is what I use. I don't know about. I'm a dove. I'm a dove girl. Oh, okay, degree. You a roll-on type of guy? You look like one of those type of niggas. The uh, yeah. Bar. You look like one of the bar. (laughs) Me? No, Juwan does. Bar soap? No, not bar soap. Like the uh, roll-on deodorant. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the little white bar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You look like one of those niggas. (laughs) You yes. I got one with um. With uh, that smells. It's not coconut, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's pretty dope. I, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm gonna tell y'all a little something on the podcast. Up mm-hmm. until my know. high school days, I was a heavy user of women's deodorant. That's fine. Strong enough for a man. Yeah. That was thing. That secret worked. That secret. All the time. My, and then my homeboy, like an eighth, I'll never forget. He was like, "Nigga, why you got uh women?" Uh, I'm like, "This shit smell good." Right. Can I care about my skin too? Right. How to fresh. Right, right. And then I stopped mm-hmm. using it, but yeah, mine. I, I got like, one I that has. Old spice it's kind of. I'm about to say that the, the old spice, like, oh, I like, I like to smell good too, like the old spice mm-hmm. lavender joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the commercial. <laughs> so anyway, um, so like yeah, I said, we're not here to talk about this show, but go ahead. <laughs> So I like I said I tuned out when he started speaking in rhyme again and but suffice to say she's still trying to make some inroads into her investigation which uh, honestly I didn't put anything for her in um, episode four because she doesn't she's only doing the same thing just talking to the police commissioner so yeah moving on to the segment I call Sean John so Suter aka Marlo teams up with. Patrol officer Javon Dixon and I looked up and like, huh? Javon Dixon. All day. Suda. Homicide. Uh-oh. Big time. Hey, looking for some help on the shots fired call you handled last week. The one on Hilldale at the old lady's house. What about it? Call came out anonymous, right? Yeah, a bunch of assholes popping off. No one gets hit. Get any names from anyone? By the time we roll up, everybody been gone. Why are you pulling it up now? It's half a block from my murder. I have the Fenwood case. Right, the dude in the alley. Well, it was just a hunch. In case you caught a name or two. Uh, no names, but I was one of the last guys at the scene. And this did happen at a grandma's house, and I wanted to make sure she was good, but I guess she was, because her old ass blew me off. <laughs> you got the casings, right? What? I submitted spin casings to ECU, five of them. Also a spin round that broke a car window. You did? My sergeant said, fuck it, why bother if, you know, no one was shot? But I mean, I don't mind a ride downtown, a little paperwork. <laughs> My man, respect. Mm-hmm. You want to roll up through the scene? It's right up the street. Come on. Dookie! Duke, who's played by Dookie. My heart! Dookie he is my all favorite. Yeah, Dookie got clean. Dookie is clean. Dookie is, um, yeah, like you said, a patrol officer. Listen, he looks good. He looks like he's uh, safe. He looks like he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, giving mm-hmm. Ebony with the big booty yard. Uh. No, yeah, yeah. We'll oh, we'll, well, yeah, but, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's God. But no, yeah, he, um, in The Wire, he played, um, like a very, 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 very poor uh, kid that ended up becoming a heroin addict. 
Mm-hmm. And my homeboy was like, that's that little boy. I was like, yeah, I got that. Yeah. He, look, listen, listen, he was really, really smart, but he just, he didn't have a good home life and he just ended up, you know. Someone like, never told him didn't. to never take the panties off that bitch? No, nobody ever told him that. Nobody ever yeah. told him that. Nobody ever told him that. And yeah, he ended up, you know, spiraling into drugs. I'm sorry. Really, but really heroin, sad. I don't mm-hmm. understand I know. how people do uh, that shit. I, I uh, love being high. Can I say that on the podcast? Sure. You can say it. Can you, say can, say you can say whatever you want to. You can say whatever you want to. It's what I choose to keep in. So. Right. <laughs> keep, that, keep that in. Uh, I enjoy being high for uh, various reasons. But heroin, I never want to be that high. Ever. No, no. I'm good. I don't. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm I just recently watched Breaking Bad and seeing Jane and Jesse's heroin induced uh oh my god when they were like floating off of the bed i'm just sitting here like i'm okay you know we 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 good over here like fine no that is that is just wild shit to me i don't even want to taste that bitch yeah yeah i i i was scared of drugs for a a long time and uh when i was worked for us (laughs) yes they're definitely work for us because i don't i'm scared of drugs Um, at least the hard shit well, yeah. You ain't gonna definitely. catch me doing Nathan. Is alcohol <laughs> a drug to these days? It's a drug, but I mean, it's a legal drug, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so. like just like weed is starting to get legal. Like, I mean, like you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll do this and that, but like anything past weed, like most niggas are gonna be like, oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I we have a couple of white friends, like, oh yeah, we did shrimp the other day. Like all the black people were just like, oh, oh, oh goodness, God. what? God. Is oh. at home? <laughs> right. Do we need to have an intervention right now? Okay, yeah. I'm gonna tell. Let me tell a story. I, oh, okay, God. I didn't try it, but I do right, remember. Right, right. No, nah, really, I didn't try it. I do right, remember. Right. This was like maybe. Um, I'm not gonna say how long ago it was because I'm not gonna <laughs> give away my age. Don't date yourself. <laughs> but a very, a very, very long time ago, I was at a music festival down here. And this white dude did acid mm-hmm. right in front of me oh, and offered no. and, and offered me some. Because he was like, hey, you want to try some of this? And I was like, what is that? He said, man, it's, like, it's acid, man. It'll, t- it'll, it'll, t- it'll get you there. What did Abbott I- Elementary say? Somebody asked for you drugs, punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you say to him? Like, I'd be like, look at your, look at your skin. And look at mine. <laughs> this I don't him. do that shit. Mm-hmm. As the, as the, as my two co-hosts can attest to, do what Craig said. I drink. Mm-hmm. I don't do that other <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, let's go to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get through. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, three? Yeah. So um, they go back. So basically, Javon and uh, Suter uh, go back to investigate the killing of the working man that was gunned down in the alley when he was working on that fence. And Suter talks to a girl named Ebony. Who's, who says she was just walking to her boyfriend Tay's house and she tells him that she doesn't know anything and he lets her go away and as she walks away, I'm like, that ass stupid. Mm-hmm. I know you saw it, Devin. Y'all need 30 seconds? I don't yes. need 30 seconds. I said what I had to say. That ass was, that ass oh. was stupid. Well, it, was, you, it was elbow wear, as my homie, homie says. Her <laughs> ass <laughs> was elbow wear. Mm. Okay, so um, 
So Marlo and Dixon are talking to this old lady who's played. I can't. I didn't look up the actress names, but I do know that she was in The Wire. She was Daniel's wife. Um, mm-hmm. And they talk to this old woman about the killing, and she's reluctant because she's distrust the police for a good reason. And she, but she does give them a lead on Tay, who she mm-hmm. describes as the de- as a devil because he's mm-hmm. causing so much trouble in the neighborhood. So Suter uh, confronts Ebony again the next day and threatens to arrest her. Uh, as Tay's accomplice, if she doesn't call him to come back about his involvement in the neighborhood murder, and she he does ask her if he's worth it, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna snitch on this nigga because he ain't gonna do yeah. anything pregnant to leave me. So um, Tay's arrested for the murder, and Suter and Suter has solved his first murder case, and after the win, he goes home at 3 a.m. gets in the bed without taking a shower. I don't, uh-huh. you know. That I don't understand that shit, and wakes his wife up and tries to get some because niggas. And she was just like, "It is three o'clock in the morning. Don't go to bed. I'm not doing this." I mean, still gotta try it though, you know. Well, I mean, of course. <laughs> so this. Look, lead- if I'm dead, don't touch me, ladies. Do not <laughs> touch me. Mm, you can wake me up for that. So um, no. so um, unless I request it before I go to sleep. Like, I want to be woken up with head. Do not touch me. Because mm. that is a request I will make. I love that. I, there's no better way. Let's move me. on. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to go down. I'm sorry, Javon. You know how I'm about to go. I know it. I know it. I'm sorry, Javon. I love you so white women that suck the dick early in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's proceed. <laughs> hey, can't, tell, can't tell that story. Okay, so... um. This is background. You can. I can't. Can. <laughs> I can't. I wasn't always married. So um, <laughs> we. So this leads us to a flashback where Suter is being recruited and uh, groomed by Jenkins to, into the task force as one of his guys. And Suter is um led Jenkins to a raid on a suspected dealer of the car wash. What's going on, Mr. Connolly? You good, sir? We got a bottle of water coming in for you right now, okay? Look, I'm on level with you, sir. If you make this easy on me, I'm gonna make this easy on you, all right? And me and my detectives, we are aware that there are narcotics and firearms on these premises. Can you tell me where they're at, sir? You got a warrant? Come on, big dog. You know I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Now look, you help me out, I'm gonna get you up out of this, all right? Do what you gotta do, Wayne. Y'all stubborn, huh? God damn. It's gonna be like that, huh? All right. I, mean, I could just gut this place. Why don't you tell me where the work's at, sir? Last chance. All right. Jenkins is acting like he's gonna be respectful of the guy, calling him sir, and speaking in AAVE because Jenkins knows how to code switch, which we found out in the first couple episodes. I, don't, I honestly think that's just him, but. <laughs> I think that's just John Barry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just him. And, and, and I saw man, him on Jesus and Mero. Yes. And he asked the man to just let him know, politely to let him know where the stuff is. But the dealer plays hard. Wayne starts destroying the place. And Wayne is going off. Um, Marlo points out a table with a hidden compartment where they find guns, drugs, and money. Mm-hmm. And Wayne's like, you know what? Hey, this we're going to write up. You know, we're going to take off 10 at the top. 
and we just gonna let them keep the let the guys take away the rest for the um, bus. Good police work, man. Good police Good work. Police work. And steals the money right in front of Sean, and Sean's like, um, uh, are you, are you really, you really doing this? You know, I got, I got, I got morals. Um, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but Sean does not stop Wayne, but and Wayne does try to give Sean a cut of it. I think he tries to give him like five thousand dollars. Yeah, he does share. That's the thing about yeah, Wayne Jackson. does like, share. He absolutely shares. I tell you what, Brad's gonna be sucking our dicks for this one, man. If I get a medal or some shit. There's a good ass eye on that table, man. I was... Man, you got an eye, dog. That's some serious police work, man. A good day. Bet your ass it was a good day. I don't know, man. Shit. <laughs> but you don't know, man. It's yours. You earned it. Man, you don't realize what happened today, man. That was a bad motherfucker. A bad fucking person. We got him off the street, man. Yeah, we got but... his guns and his dog. Hang on, let me finish. You know we could have died today, right? Walking out of that shop. My fucking head's blown off. That red shirt shit ain't more than I bring home every two weeks, man. Fuck that. My babies can't eat no fucking metal, Sean. I'm folded flag because I took a bullet for a city. Don't give two fucks about us. Now we don't see whether or not Sean uh, um, accepts the money or not because it cuts oh. out when he offers it to him. So that just leads us right into that nigga Wayne Jenkins. Um, we see various scenes. I'm not gonna go through like the years or whatever because it's all over the place. But we do see various scenes of Wayne's evolution over the years as a plainclothes police officer. I will officer. say this, this carkens back to him being called a broke boy. Over them little last. Yes, oh, it absolutely. Does. That's exactly what. Yes, that it was. does, and we're gonna get into that in uh, episode four. But um, sorry, go ahead. Go. Oh, so, so we see various scenes of, of Wayne's evolution over the years. Excuse me, in plain clothes, solving cases with his then sergeant Mikey Fries, who we met in episode two, when Wayne was trying to impress him because he's a broke boy, and. And Mikey Fries does enable Wayne later by turning a blind eye to Wayne outright assaulting a black man who he brutally beats for just sitting on his own stoop. We are always going to protect you. But seriously, you could have been nailed. Problem is you half-assed the paperwork. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I just, I didn't really think this was much of anything. Look here. <clears throat> always start with the attack. The threat to your safety can never be mentioned enough. See, it has to seem standard to anyone looking at this that you and any other officers were in serious danger. Now nah, you're right, Sarge. I I just didn't think this one mattered. I got I got sloppy. Rewrite that summer bitch, okay? All right, I uh, I'm on it. And he teaches Wayne how to lie on the police report so it will look good for command. Uh, and like I, I said last time we podcasted that um, Wayne Jenkins was a former MMA fighter. So we kind of so we do see that come into play in this episode when he's beating on that man. But this is our lead in for episode four, which is written by William F. Zorzi and Ed Burns. Once again, of course, directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. But before I get into that, anyway, very good episode. Um, don't really have a problem with anything. Uh, I think, like Devin was saying, you kind of tune out when it's not um, Wayne Jenkins and John Barenthal. I do mm-hmm. think the, I do think that the cold stuff is dragging 
you know, uh, maybe there's going to be going to be some kind of revelation with how that plays out. But um, but yeah, overall, pretty good. Really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like uh, Juwan's right. Like if John Bernthal's not on the screen, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Like, because usually like. It's, what's it's, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, it's just it does no, fine. It like it I, I wanna see him at the strip club hitting on uh black strippers or and not realizing women. how how do you not know how to pronounce Patron? The fuck is this bougie ass bottle, man? The fuck is Pat Ron anyway? <laughs> <laughs> it's Patron tequila wing. You might as well still be in uniform you want to carry shit like that. Pat Ron. <laughs> hey, baby, I know what the fuck it is, man. I'm just fucking with you, man. All right, all right. You know what I mean? Pat, Pat Ron. Ron. That, Pat was, Ron. that was the funniest. This nigga. That was Pat Ron. That, oh, yeah, because that was in episode three. I forgot to mention, but he goes to see. Um, three, I, they all blended. That I was three. I remember that because that's when um he got, uh he was trying to um holler at that stripper, but he didn't have money. And then he kept saying, fuck the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pretended like he was uh, a policeman. What 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 is Pat Run? And they roast his ass. And then he got all butt hurt, and I'm just in here like, but nigga, you didn't know what. How old are you? Like I knew, I knew what it was. I was just testing y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm I don't sorry. Drink and I know it was that. That's mm. because you have some you some modicum of education and know how to read. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, come on. Like maybe it's it's split up on the bottle because I don't. What was that? Uh, Jose Cuervo? Don't even try to. That? Don't even try to excuse it. Don't even try to excuse I'm it. Trying, that nigga. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, right. he's just he's just a dumb Baltimore nigga. So, um, <laughs> so in episode four, we have a cold open, and we see Wayne reporting activities on April nineteenth, two thousand and ten. And this year, he is working as part of a violent repeat offenders unit, and he's working on crimes. Suppression and surveillance. He's accompanied by Detective Ryan uh, Wynn. I, I, I don't know if it's Ewan or Wynn. You know Wynn. how Wynn. Wynn. Okay. So he's um, accompanied by Detective Ryan Wynn, who we met in episode two because he was the one that put the FBI onto onto um, Gondo because of the relationship with Brill. And Jenkins tells Wynn that he has a feeling that there's criminal activity going on in the area. And Gwen, Gwen questioned him about that. And he says, I just got, I just, I just think it's, um, I smell in the air. You know, it's niggas out here. So, you know, you're doing something. So he watches a man loading a backpack in, backpack in the backseat of a black Acura. And he claims that this looks like a drug deal going down. And he tells, he radios to Sean Marlowe to tell him that he wants to stop the car. And they so they roll up in their unmarked cars with the sirens and the lights and exit the vehicles with the guns drawn. The Acura pulls off and a police chase ensues. Wynn radios their involvement and location and they're ordered to break off the pursuit. But Jenkins ignores the um, call to to um, break out the pursuit and turns it off. Now, my thing is, as black people, we do understand you know, distrust of the police and everything. But and everything. don't speed off, bro. Don't run. Don't don't run. Just don't do that, it's, man. You don't have shit. If you don't got shit, uh, then they, you ain't got. But uh, right. however, comma, I have heard that sometimes this is how niggas be getting robbed by. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. 
It's kinda it's kinda hard. And these niggas do rob like they, they rob. So I mean I get it, but it's just kinda like, come on, man, please. Right. So Jenkins is in close pursuit. And the Acura collides with another car as it passes through an intersection. The detectives apprehend the driver and passenger. Jenkins asks why they fled. They claim that they didn't know they were police. Um, and I don't know if I believe that or not. But Jenkins and Jenkins doesn't believe you. So you saw my masquerade lights. Whatever. <laughs> you said yeah. And saying that they, they didn't see the lights. And Jenkins goes to check on the accident victim and finds a crying elderly woman and her unresponsive husband, who was later pronounced. DOA. Yeah. That hurt me. I was like, you're right. Yeah, I was sad about that. Right. That's fucked up. You know, you know, you just going to church one day and then mm-hmm. just like that. That's Bad. fucked up. You know, that's, that's, Did y'all I'm think afraid. A bullet? I'm like, where the fuck did get shot from? Because it was like it was a bullet hole at first. It did. No, you know, I think it's I think just, just, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think yeah. it's just like the, the airbags. Maybe, I don't think the airbags deployed. I think it just hit his head on the steering wheel. And you know, he's old and he was Probably. old. Probably. Yeah. 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 Right. So Wynn searches the uh, backpack in the car, and but they can't find anything to justify doing a high speed chase because they say they don't because they don't have anything on them. And Jenkins radios for the sergeant. Um. So we get so so um we are going to the uh to the Wynn meeting. So in 2017, which is current day for this uh, for this um season series, Wynn, who looks like Asian Drake now. With the turtle, with the turtleneck and the crisp haircut, he is um, meeting with Soraki and and uh, Special Agent Jensen in the park, and he is talking about that 2010 incident and explains that Jenkins was worried after the crash because there was insufficient justification to engage in the high speed chase, and he states that the proper procedure would have to been to use police helicopters to track a fleeing car, and we go back to the scene. After the ambulance arrives and backup arrives and Jenkins asks Sean Marlowe to um, search the Acura again, just in case they miss anything. And Jenkins watches him as he searches and uh-huh. Marlowe does find drugs that have suspiciously uh, appeared under the driver's seat. Like, oh, whoa, they're under oh, the driver's seat. It was right here the whole time. The like four times. <laughs> How many times did they say they did it? Three times? Three or four times they dumped the car? And now you find the drugs under the mm-hmm. seat. Right under right. the seat. Mm-hmm. And the driver immediately starts protesting and yelling that the drugs were planted because the drugs were planted. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got to make up for this killing this old man. So I got to do something. Is That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to put out a very, very short scene before I get into the meat of the show. But uh, I call this section the tainted jury because in present day, uh, Marlo oh, goes to court to find out how the grand jury selection is coming uh, is coming along with the um corruption case. <laughs> and everybody was just like, I don't trust Baltimore police. <laughs> yes. Fuck them. And this that was is pretty much the scene. That's pretty much the scene because this is Jamel where we see like this show is a show that is gonna of course over, gonna show uh, police brutalizing and arresting and harassing black people, but we but. The judge basically says, um, show of hands who all who people in here who have been harassed, beaten, or lied on by Baltimore police and white people, and black people, Mexican people, everybody raises their hands. It was just hands. like that scene in um like who has personally been victimized by Regina George. Like <laughs> yes. yeah. It, 
the Rainbow Coalition of Police Brutality Victims in that case. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, they just have basically they they are equal opportunity uh, haters. Baltimore PD is. And so, but this also does kind of harken back to Nicole Steele, aka the Black Lady, her conversation in episode two with that patrol officer about them not able to find a good jury in Baltimore. Because I think they were only able to find seven people out of 240 something that were able to be impartial. So, yeah, that's fucked up how that is. The meaty part of the episode, though, is the Ward Proffer. Um, the ward proffer session. Uh, I think a proffer session is where you kind of like go over the charges against you to find out whether or not you're going to either be a, get a deal or not, but you kind of like, you know, see how you can either adjudicate yourself. And I'm probably just totally making it up out of thin air. Marcus is probably like, this nigga don't know what the fuck he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Marcus. (laughs) Sorry, Marcus. I'm not a lawyer. I'm a banker. So, um, Detective Maurice Ward, who is played by Rob, you're the man now, dog, Brown. I know Devin doesn't know what, what that reference is. Jamil, do you know? I don't. Finding Forrester. Oh! Oh, that's Forrester. him? That's him. Oh, I did not realize that was Finding Forrester. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. Yes. Is that Forrest so, Gump? Or what are we talking about? No, it's the a... on the planet. <laughs> It's um a old movie, not old, it's like nineties or two thousands about uh with Sean Connery. Like I think it's his last actual movie. Oh, actually. the rock, Sean Connery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh I, I think it's actually his last on screen uh, performance, actually. It's a really good movie too. Yeah. Um, uh, Maurice, so Mar- <laughs> Maurice Ward is being interviewed by the US attorney and uh special agent Jensen and Siraki, uh, along with his attorney. And they asked Ward about that car chase, but Ward says that he was not with Jenkins then. But Ward announces that he does have a prepared statement to deliver. Before we go any further, my client, Mr. Ward, has something to say. Go ahead. I just want to say I was wrong. I was involved in some bad things. I knew it was wrong at the time, and I know it now. I'm sorry for what I did, not just because I got caught, but sorry for real. I just want y'all to know that. Let's move on. He immediately starts equivocating like a nigga that got caught in the act of cheating. Listen, that nigga is singing like a canary the entire episode. Right. He is, he's like... What's his name? I just just talked about the nigga that threw his money away like a jackass. What's his name? Ward. I'm just calling him Fivey Forrester. Yes, find oh, the Forrester. Okay. So okay, now I know what you're talking about because again, I don't know these niggas' names. Yeah, just call him the snitch. <laughs> the that snitch. Nigga. That worked. That worked. The police snitch. Yeah. Cause he was like, um, uh, baby, uh, I know I did. I know I was wrong. I know I did wrong. I knew I was wrong at the time, and I was aware of that. But I'm, I'm really, really sorry. I ain't mean to do that shit. <laughs> and I, 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 I not, I'm not, so, I'm not sorry that I got caught. I'm really sorry. And Jensen, the lady FBI agent, is looking like, man, nigga, whatever, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't take that much. <laughs> and um, so they they do press him to find out when did he was start working with Jenkins, and he says it was when he became a sergeant. Already, Jenkins was a sergeant, and, and but it was when Ward 
says that Jenkins invited him to join a special enforcement squad at that time. Uh, so this is pre-task force. And Ward says that he was excited about the prospect of joining the uh, squad because of Jenkins' positive reputation. And finally, Forrester uh, does recall that uh, Marlowe, who he knew from his time working in the Western District, warned him that Jenkins was involved in some crazy activity. Yep, say get in and get out. (laughs) Just learn what you can and just leave. And Marlowe warns Forrester that the department command would protect Jenkins, but target the other members of his team, which we are seeing that they did do or tried to do until he got greedy. And Ward says that he regrets not listening to um, Souter. And he discloses that he was aware that Jenkins was temporarily reassigned after the state's attorney's office, um, Marilyn Mosby, made complaints about him. Wise, hey, well, you know what? Real quick. Jamel, have you... Have you ever been told that you look like her? Every single time. Uh, the, when the Freddie Gray thing came out and she was like all over the news, everybody was just like, so is that? Uh, are y'all related? And I'm just like, oh, no. I swear to God, I thought that she was your cousin. <laughs> that she was everybody your cousin. says that. Everybody. Mm, okay, good. I, I figured. Yeah, so, when, he, when, when Wayne Jenkins was cussing her out, I was like, excuse you. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I do have another day because she was calling her all kinds of bitches. So um, Wise uh, Wise asked him why um, he went ahead and joined the unit. And he just says, I made a poor decision. And he looks through a list that um, Finding Forrester has prepared. He admits that he forgot some things when compiling that list. And because there were so many, there are so many incidents there were so many things they did there was so much shit they did wrong right like you don't even have to get into all of them like this is just a blanket these yeah. niggas like there's stick-up kids in this episode basically and he just says okay we'll pick one nigga so he starts He's off like, one got tons for you <laughs> so right how much time you got so he um talks about an incident at the um bt which is the Belvedere towers in 2015 so we flash back to the end and the finding Forrester was with Jenkins and another officer named Taylor at the in the neighborhood. Jenkins points out two men that are parked near are parked near a car, uh, or standing near a parked car. He tells them that he's gonna check the trunk of the vehicle. They activate the sirens, pull up, cuffing the men, making them sit on the curb. Um, Jenkins says he lies and says that he's a federal agent and he's conducting the wiretap investigation that claims and they claims they're not the target, but they still need to search the car. And uh, Jenkins points out a camera to uh, find the Forrester and says that go ahead and move the car so the camera can't catch us stealing this shit. Mm-hmm. And Jenkins files a pile, a pile of cash and a pound, some pounds of marijuana in the bag and just transfers it to the unmarked police car. And he releases the releases the dude and tells them they're free to go and they'll get a letter. So um, and the, I know that and I noticed the two guys were saying like you think he. Think he got us, and like he did. Like I hate them. I hate them. Cause like, what can you do? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you can't like, do anything. All right, you gonna just call can't the cops? Stole my money oh, that I stole. Like, like um, right. these cops came and these F- hey police nine one one. The FBI came and stole my drugs and my thousands of dollars that I'm not supposed to have. Right. Uh-huh. No. What is it? Is it? Would that be the epitome of a victimless crime? Yeah, technically, I guess. Uh. Oh, uh, I don't know. Marcus? <laughs> right. 
please chime me and Marcus one day about this shit. Because I don't know what the fuck let I'm talking know. about. <laughs> also, let us know if you celebrate Hanukkah. Mm. <laughs> Call back. He's not Jewish. I'm telling you right now, he's not Jewish. You don't know that. Mm. I know he's not Jewish. There are black Jews out there, Jamil. There are. Obviously, there are plenty of black Jews. He's just not one of them. I'm just gonna just think that he wears a yarmulke. Let, let me just think that. Oh my god. Okay. okay. Mm. okay. Oh. So Jenkins then um drives Taylor and uh, Ward to a remote location, and I'm thinking like, is this nigga gonna kill us? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So I, I, that's what I thought. Like, is this a shield? So, um. He shows them the money they stole and gives them each $5,000. Taylor asks Jenkins what is he going to do with the rest of the money, and Jenkins says he's going to install a crash bar in his new departmental vehicle. A crash bar is that thing on the front of vehicles that you ram people with that causes them to have rollover accidents, which I believe they are trying to outlaw. Um, hmm. By the way, so Jenkins uh, warns them to be careful how they spend the money to avoid drawing attention. Don't go balling. Don't, Don't pay, pay off any credit, credit card, card. card bills. Like, why not? You know, mm-hmm. you know, I got a bonus. Shit, pay the fucking bills. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, t- to be fair, did he have to have this conversation with them? It. Let's just. Maybe I shouldn't ask Juwan this because you know all his <laughs> money is legally gotten. Well, so is yours, Jamel, I guess too. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I've never made any illegal money either. By the way, I'm not telling on myself or anything like that. <laughs> Why are we going? Did, what are we even talking about? If someone did give you a large amount of cash that was off the books. Would they need to tell you, uh, don't spend this on stuff that can Yes, like, yes, yes, you do. Because niggas, because niggas don't know how to act. Niggas don't Niggas don't nigg. I'm thinking money. like, that's obvious. Just make, like, come on, man. You gotta know where the money's coming from somewhere. You can't just be dumb. Mm-hmm. I guess niggas are dumb, so never mind. I, right. I retract my, my statement or question. So this is how this is how you do it. Okay. So if you get a large sum of money, you're going to want to put that into a either a business or a venture that receives large funds, large sums of money, so that you can hide that with along with those within those transactions, where it's kind of hard to trace where the illegal money is coming from. And then once you and then when you start to make deposits of that money, you can then Use you can still get take that illegal money out and have it in a part of your as a part of your income. Um, listeners, or just buy baller shit and don't worry about it. No, no, <laughs> no don't do this. How not you get like count. crazy, not like cars and shit. But like, listeners, have like do not do your electronics in your house. Like, I mean, if I have a, a fire ass MacBook, they're not gonna know where I got the money to buy this MacBook from, and they're only gonna trip on that. You know what I'm saying? Is, Take your lady out to crazy restaurants that you would never go to. Place that you or, want to go to on a Tuesday. Or you can go to the local strip club and, uh, and, and, and rob and rob a dwarf stripper. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Hold, hold. Which I have. Because that's that. I, that's story. where I want to get. Y'all let me know when that's the time. It's coming. Right. Okay. I just want to give it the space. I have, I have experience in this field of getting mm. lap dances by midgets or uh, little birds with strippers. God damn it, damn it. Okay. I said little person. I think this was her dwarf. Oh, I thought little person was the correct term now. No. Um, I mean, either one. Either I think little person or dwarf. I don't know. I hope we're saying the right thing. Let I me know get the my word is not good. 
Yeah, let me get my disclaimer. Listeners, don't do what I just said to do. I only know how to do it. I only know how to do it because of my line of work. Don't do what I just said to do. Or I, or any uh, uh, ghost like power. Like that's why mm-hmm. he had those laundromats. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, George, by the way, George Jefferson was a money launderer. Okay, <laughs> by the way. Oh, boy. George Jefferson, like the moving on up Jefferson? Yes. Mm-hmm. He was laundering like, money for. Like, no, I'm just making a joke. I'm just making a joke. Okay. Oh, I'm like, I just, <laughs> I'm like, is that a, is that a real thing? I'm like, oh shit. That's why they moved to a dealer department in the sky. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you know that reference. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, so, I've never seen the show, but I am black, Jamel. Jeez. He knows this. This is I guy. Fair. I would have passed fair. the test on Atlanta. Mm, yes, you will. Um, so they prepare to leave. Jenkins suggests they visit a strip club. Ward puts his money back in the bag, and why is it suspicious? And there, the uh, officers are suspicious. The young uh, officers um, interrogate him are suspicious and ask him why. And Ward just says because his wife is a police officer in BPD, she's clean. He doesn't want to incriminate her because he's a good black man. And he also says that he was just scared of getting caught. Because he don't know who they are robbing, and they could have been federal informants. So mm-hmm. we are now to the section. Uh, Wait, did he just, is this the part where he just throws the money away? Where did he throw? Is that like in a swamp? That's not this part. He this part. That's not that. Probably gonna get to that a little bit later. You know, hold on, okay, hold on. Sorry, hold on. go ahead. Let, right. him let him land. land. Let him land. I'm gonna let you land. So we're now to the part that I like to call strippers and tiaras. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> How sad <sighs> the titties on that first white woman stripper in the background. I'm uh, like, if you're a white woman shoe shoe uh model, please have upper class titties, please. Those were bottom tier titties if I have ever seen. And I'm a fan of the whole genre, but goddamn, they were trash titties. I right, barely ahead. noticed them. Was that the one who smelled good for a white girl? <laughs> yes. No, not even her. Not even her. Oh, you talking about the one from they, when they was just showing in the background? Yeah, I'm like, good damn. Yeah, that's you what you're going to show off? I mean, I, look, I am a fan <laughs> of titties. Mm. I'm a titty connoisseur. We know. We know. All right. All right mm. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, when we, get, I'm sure that you're going to enjoy um, the P-Valley rewatch that um, y'all got to start on um Rewatch. Right. I gotta watch it for a first time. Well, yeah, the actual watch that y'all actually gotta start mm-hmm. this weekend. So, um, Wait, when do we start that show? Never mind, off the show. Never mind, go ahead. I'll, I'll put the schedule out. So they go, so they go get lap dances and steaks. Apparently, like, do strip clubs serve steaks? Yes, uh, the highest class strip clubs in the South. Well, you don't clearly you don't go to shoe shows being. The yeah, other that's what that is. Even I know that. Because they have great steaks. Some good and lobster wait. mac if you want. Like there's some great eating the food establishments is actually pretty at good. So, yeah. Talk your sh- you are a perfect woman. I, the, however, I will never go again. But why? Yeah. Right, right. Why, why won't you go again, Jamel? Let's continue on. <laughs> can you can you breathe, Jamel? Y'all better, y'all got me for eight more minutes because I'm I come on now. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah, the last couple of times I the last. The two times I went to a strip club, I didn't really have a good experience. So, you know, oh, me either. One time I don't remember, and another time that I do remember, I got accosted. So, no. I, mm, it, me too. By, by the strippers? Mm. I, no, it wasn't a stripper, but it, I guess I'm not going to say what happened. <laughs> let's, let's just let's move on. <laughs> anyway, um, 
so yeah, I just like stakes. I didn't get it. But anyway, Jenkins basically is doing the opposite of what he told his boys to do and flashes cash all over the strip club, tells that white girl that was giving him a lap dance that she smells good for a white girl, so she must oh like get your ass away from me. Get your ass away from me and get that black woman. Yeah. Get so, that get that black dwarf because right, like, she is a goddess. She is a queen. <laughs> Yeah, they notice a black stripper who is a dwarf, who's also a dwarf with a fat ass dancing on the main stage. And mm-hmm. Wayne's tells like tells it like, hey, hey, white girl, get that little black girl over there from from me. That <laughs> was hilarious. Mm. So so she comes over, so the uh, black dancer comes over, and Wayne's like, man, I'm gonna fuck her. I'm gonna fuck her. I'm gonna take her back and fuck her. Like what? I'm gonna fuck her. And they're yeah, all like, what, what, what? What is happening here? <laughs> right. And then, no, like, what, two minutes later, if that, like, he's running out. Yeah. So, cause like, we got to go. Say, we taking beers. We taking all of this. We taking this. I'm like, damn, okay. Right. They get it. They run away. The, uh, take- the second best lap dance I ever got mm-hmm. was from a little person. And really? it was amazing. Her ass was like two clouds. My homeboy paid for it because I was afraid to go up to her. And she's like, come on, come on, baby. Just sit down and enjoy it. I was like, wow. you got to tell me twice. And <laughs> okay. I enjoyed, oh my God. I'm not well, an ass man, it. but she made me an ass man that night. That is the best ass I have ever grabbed in my life. Mm. Okay. By well, a little right. person. It was amazing. You had to qualify that? <laughs> okay. No, because okay. that's what we're talking about. Because we're talking about the, the little... The, I ain't going to tell the best lap dance I ever had. Because that mm. could go we'll, bad. We'll, 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 we'll save it for P-Valley. I don't know who's listening to this podcast. We'll save it for P-Valley. Okay, so they run away in the car. The guy's asking them what happens. He makes some, you know, big dick little women joke. And tells... But he really tells them that he stole all of her money. And just and just left it there. Wayne, man, we, we wasn't even in there. Look, hour. man, I look, 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 that little fucking mini me motherfucker was on top of me for like five seconds. I couldn't fit inside of her, so I knew that shit wasn't gonna happen. So I just dumped the run on the ground and I. She put it on you, didn't? <laughs> nah, man. She put it on you, didn't? I'll tell you what she put on that ass on her. I'll tell you what happened. Hey, I grabbed her fucking money and I bailed the fuck out. That's what happened. Check this shit out. Yeah, you fucking hurt me. Hey, look. Like twice as much as I fucking gave her. Be home, motherfucker. You robbed a midget stripper? Come on, I put it like that, man. <laughs> That's not cool. That's not cool, Sarge. A midget? Dwarf is the preferred term. And they looking at him like, nigga, like, what, nigga. what the fuck? Like, and he's like, hell yeah, yeah, I took the money and they're like, what, what, no. Like that was racist and ableist. So. Right, and like, like straight up, like she's working. Right. Over her tip. Criminals, but not the shoe bottles. Right. Like, have some decency about yourself, nigga. This nigga Wayne was wilding like, the fuck out, man. He was like, bro, he, was as fuck. Like, he was foul as fuck. He was foul as fuck. He's really looking like what the problem is, you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she got, she got a, a education to pay for, nigga. Damn. <laughs> right. So um 
So yeah, but that was but that section that whole section was funny was uh funny as fuck. Mm. But yeah, Wayne, fuck you know, no fuck you for like doing that to that girl, man. That's yeah. a working woman. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to the last part of the um episode, which is the longest part, which is and we're gonna power through it, which is the Jenkins show. So again, we see various flashbacks of uh, Wayne Jenkins making sergeant, showboying for his squad and squad and other colleagues and taunting arrest suspects. Apparently, since he doesn't know where Pat Run is, he he drinks Mike's Hard Lemonade. Because right, he, and they were just like, did you get this off an 18-year-old teenager? <laughs> like, oh my God. Did I, did I not just tell that uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade story on the last part or two parts ago? Did you? I don't remember. About, on my 21st birthday? Oh, no, you we didn't. Went, Go ahead. And I was like, we got uh, uh, pomegranate and uh, what was the other flavor? Uh, raspberry uh, Mike's Hard Lemonades from Walmart on my 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. That's how I. That's my first drink as a 21 year old. That's hard. an easy one to start with. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go it's off. This is it's just sugar water with it's a lemonade with a drop of alcohol. Spicy in. lemonade. <laughs> Spicy but, lemonade. But we felt so cool. Like oh shit. We well, I mean, it. you're what like 21. Of course, you feel cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So doing another arrest. <laughs> so doing another arrest. Wayne gets called away to handle a family matter because his punk ass son can't take a hit, and he goes uh-huh. to meet his friend Louis Anderson, rest in peace, who we find out is actually who was also a drug dealer, but because he's white, yeah. it, it doesn't count. Um, hmm. and, mm. and Wayne makes a deal to partner with him because he's untouchable on the force, and agrees to supply him. With a, with coke, pills, and weed that he confiscates uh, from bus of the nigga drug dealers. Mm, you know? uh-huh. and uh, and Devin and Jamel, y'all remember this is the guy that was showboating in front of um Wayne, which kind of with all that money because uh, and embarrassed Wayne because with those little ass crabs. Yep, yep, with the lobster and all of that. He carried that on his poison for the rest <laughs> of his life. For the mm-hmm. rest of his life. He's never forgotten certain, that. Certain events turn you. Mine was sleeping with a white woman for the first time. Let's and move his, on. Uh, oh, sorry. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's I'm, move on. You, there's one particular Kendrick Lamar song that you were really liking. Um, oh, really? Yes. So, uh, meanwhile, Agent Jensen um, has enough evidence to take down some of these low-level cricket uh, task force members. And but she kind of has an idea to let Jensen know that his team is going to be subject to the federal investigation. But Kilpatrick is like, uh, girl, you know that nigga mm. dirty as fuck, <laughs> right? Right. Uh-huh. So and they find evidence that Jenkins has been planting drugs on suspects and also threatening attorneys um, that are defending them. And so now yeah. their attention is drawn ter- towards Jenkins. So. We get another flashback to 2014 where Jenkins is runs over a suspect, the role bar that he was talking about, and lies to Gwen to win about the gun being pointed at him during a pursuit. Gwen, Gwen looks at him like, this nigga's lying. Oh, yeah. And Jenkins calls another detective buddy to come plant a gun to justify the illegal arrest. Right. He was just like, bro, I was about to have Peruvian chicken. Like, fuck your food. 
Right. So we're back now back in 2015 during the and this is during the height of the Freddie Gray uprising uh, with the with the uh, protests going on the streets of Baltimore. Jenkins and a black woman who should have just set her ass back at the um, at the office because she had no business being there. Like, I ride with you. I ride with you. And this nigga was jostling her around that fucking police car. Rough ride. Yeah. And they're speeding to the protest site. Jenkins starts a violent com- confrontation with a protester who threw who did throw a brick at him. Yeah, okay, he threw you a brick don't out. do that. Don't do that shit. Stop that. Yeah, you, you're kind of making it hard for us to root against this white man if you actually are committing crimes. So later that evening, we see Jenkins go to a Rite Aid and stops two men from looting the store, but he he lets them go, tells them to drop the bags, and he goes in and loots the store. Himself. Like, is anybody else here? Like, bro, what are you doing? He's like is off it, the rails at this point. Yes, and this is a true story. One of the crimes that Wayne Jenkins confessed to or got caught for was looting um, the Rite Aid during the um, during the riots of not riots, mm-hmm. sorry, uprisings. I mean, and he just he just moseyed in there too. Yeah. So yeah, this is one of the things he got caught for. Um, he got everything. He was like, I don't know what it is, but I'm taking yeah. it. Yeah, dude was just like it's Tylenol. What are you doing? <laughs> Not well, yeah, and also like I'm kidding. I'm kidding when I say that, but yeah. <laughs> and and that's fair time because opioids. So mm-hmm. Wendy and is, is extremely expensive on the streets. Mm-hmm. So when the indictments come in the Freddie Gray um in the Freddie Gray um case, Wayne's of course upset. Colleen Miriam Blue Lives Matter. Full Blue Lives Matter. This dippy bitch, you know, to Marilyn Mosby. And we flash to another takedown of a dealer. And Jenkins does the same thing that Alice does, goes to the guy's home, finds more drugs and a safe that has and open. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Yep. I'm gonna leave the room and we're gonna film this. Yes. Oh, that should pop. Let's go, let's go. Uh, Holy shit, fuck I tell you. I told you Reese was a big dog, right? Fuck I say. How much you say you're supposed to be in there? 100, 100,000. That's a lot fucking more than 100,000. Bet your ass. All right, let's go. Let's get it out and count it. All right, let's go, let's go get it all out. I say there's about 10 Gs in each one of those stacks. That seem right? Same here. Okay. All right, here's what we're going to do. We count up 10 of those piles. $100,000, that goes in the safe, all right? We're going to shut that shit up. Everything else goes in the duffel bag, okay? Right in that fucking duffel bag. Let's make it happen. Let's go. Come on. All right, I'll tell you, tell you what we're going to do, okay? In case Stevenson makes a little bitch-ass complaint, we're going to cover our ass, all right? You take out your camera phone, okay? We're going to video this whole fucking thing. We're going to make a movie. You understand? You're going to pry that bitch open again. Do it the same fucking way. You're going to hit that bitch, and you're going to pry it, all right? When it opens, you say, oh, my God, holy shit, all that. Believe in what the fuck you're saying, all right? I'm going to be upstairs. You guys call for me when that shit opens. You make sure you get everything on camera. You understand? Everything. See yes, the whole sir. fucking world. You got it? Got it. All right? Let's go, motherfuckers. And listen, let, make sure you start at the same time. What's the shit the movie asshole say? Uh, fucking action. Right? Say action and then start. Don't say action on camera. Make sure you're on the same fucking page. Bro, what the fuck? Are we really about to do this? You all ready? Yeah. We got to. All right, back up. I think I'm close. We almost got it open, Sarge. Oh, oh my God, holy oh. shit. Let me get a flashlight on it. Jesus. Back off, everybody stay the fuck away and just put a flashlight on it. 
Is there more than $5,000 in there? Yes, sir. Okay. I got to call the feds. Anytime you get a seizure of over $5,000, you got to call the high-intensity drug trafficking area agents. Excellent work, gentlemen. Just another seizure by the books. Sergeant Jenkins gave Hendricks, Taylor, and me 20000 each, and he kept the rest. Yeah, yeah, that makes this shit was full. And we have to do this by regulation because they say that if it's over five thousand dollars, we have to contact the FBA. This is a good bust, and I'm happy that we are all doing this. Bob, get your acting on, like, bro. You're the worst actor. Okay, for the camera. Mm -hmm. Right. This was total. This is total training day. This whole yes. thing was training day. That, yeah, that is true. A good uh, callback to training day or a homage training day, maybe. But he gives the guys 20K, keeps the rest of it, because I believe they had like two, like almost $200,000. So, but he only gave us, you know, 20K. Yeah. And, um, and, and uh, Ward, aka Finding Forrester, tells the investigators that he threw away his share of the money instead of turning it. Yeah, he put it, it like in his backyard or something like that. Yes, yes, because he was scared of jeopardizing his family because he is a good black man. Um, and, and also, he, he, got a, he got arrested, right? Wasn't he in cuffs during yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah this, he, is like he, his, yeah. this is when he was being interrogated and he was the one that like snitched and he got... Snitched. Right, right. Right. So, in the final scene, uh, which is pre-task force, we do see G Jenkins is with his guys, Gondo, Ward, Suter, and Jamil, um, telling him, telling them all about Got the. <laughs> it is you. Telling them all about. Telling them about all the money they could be making in their base pay and overtime if they just work with him and be on this new gun trace task force. And he t says the title of the show, "We Own This City." These bosses, they think I'm the golden boy. They think Wayne Jenkins can do no wrong. I mean, Mosby, she jams these guys up. What's going on in this department right now? There's a work slowdown across the entire fucking thing. But we were out there in the SES. We're fucking kicking ass, right? Fucking right. We're putting in work, getting guns. Commissioner Davis comes up to me. He says, well, how do you do it? How do you keep your men motivated in an environment like this? I said, it's easy, sir. It's just one little word. That word's overtime. Ooh. He said, cool. Shit. Keep up the good work, son. That's what he said. Well, you know something? <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck we gonna do. We gonna keep up that good work. So start tomorrow. We gonna work eight to four, but we ain't coming in till two. Ooh. Hey. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But when we do come in, we come correct. We go proactive as a motherfucker. You understand me? We go. We come to fucking hunt. We go get those guns. You understand? Because as long as we do that, as long as we produce, as long as we put those numbers up, they don't fucking give a shit about what we do. We literally can do whatever the fuck we want. You understand me? We own this city. We own it. I'm with that shit. Yeah. Hit me, nigga. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Roll credits. Picture the line. Yes. And that is the episode. Once again, very, very good he episode. 80, 000, he made 80 on top of his. 80 his, on top uh, of, like, 83 on top of 86, I think. Yeah, 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 I think I'm it's like, basically God, 83 damn. and then makes 86 in overtime, which, you know, that is, I mean, that's good, that's but I mean, good. overtime is, but the overtime is, you know, being on niggas and stealing from niggas. So, you know, hey, that he, his taxable income is 160 some thousand dollars. That's, uh -huh. that's what that is. This is a gross. He is out here. Um, uh -huh. 
But yeah, good good. What the one nigga say? I only got what twenty or some shit. Gondo says he yeah. only got. But we they've established that Gondo was kind of lazy with it. Yep. Yeah, they say yeah, like you don't be doing nothing. Which is why he got caught. There it is. Mm-hmm. So, and he even uh, looks like he's just like yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm doing my twenty. Yeah. So yeah, great good episode. Um, I really I do love this show. It's just kind of hard to structure it, you know, for the podcast. We only got one more of these to do though. Um, and we will have a special guest on listeners um next um next week to kick it with us. I'm not gonna announce who it is yet, but um yeah, I look again love the show. Um, very very detailed again. David Simon is in his bag with um mm-hmm. with this. Um, uh, so highly high, highly I'm enjoying this. So uh, with that being said. Jamel, where can they find you on the internet? If you would like to find me on the interwebs, uh, specifically Instagram and Twitter, that is Jamel Mybell, J-A-M-E-L-L-E-M-Y-B-E-L-L-E. And no, I am not the nigga from We Own This City. (laughs) (laughs) Or are you? Mm. (laughs) I'll never tell. (laughs) And Devin, where can they find you? On Twitter at Devin Lamar. With two R's. Talk about it. And you can find me on Twitter at JTD, J-A-Y-T-E-E-D-E-E, and TikTok at Chef JTD. You can also find the show on Twitter at Edit That Out 1. On Facebook, you will search for Edit That Out. You will see our Facebook um, group and the Facebook page, which you can follow and uh, join up as well to get all of our content. I once again would be urging people to go to their Apple Podcast app and their iTunes app to leave us a rating, preferably five stars. Also leave us a review as well if you're so inclined, and we will uh, make time to read those on the um, show. And we also have um, a uh, sponsorship section on the anchor po- on the anchor and the uh, Spotify post. So if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, we appreciate it if you want to throw us a couple of dollars so we can continue our venture, continue on with our venture. Uh, we Depending will- on how many dollars, I might show feet. Yes. So uh, and she will. She won't mind. She will. Mm-hmm. She definitely will. <laughs> After I get finished with all these uh, parties that we're throwing, I will have time to put up a Patreon so you can uh, follow us there and su- support us. And I will announce when that's coming out. Also, listeners, we're coming up on season three of the podcast, which we have confirmed that we will be covering season two of P Valley on Stars. So if you're interested in that, you have time to um, catch up and join us for our coverage there. But anyway, that being all being said, we thank you very much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. You all have a good week and we will talk to you next week for the season finales of We Own This City. Thank you. Farewell. Bye bye. Punch the keys for God's sake. Yes! Yes! You're the man now, dog!